Hi, and welcome to this week's Politics Podcast. I'm Chloe Adam, and I'm here with... I'm Dania. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about some politics topics that affect Scotland internationally and at home. So, would you like to take us through the first of course. topic? So, yeah, we will be talking about Sudan. I'm sure you have all seen the news lately. So, a fight has broken down in Sudanese ca- in the Sudanese capital of Khartoum uh, due to a vicious power struggle with the country's military military leadership. Um, so, since 2021, uh, Sudan has been run by a council of generals led by the two military men at the center of this whole dispute. So, um, the two men, basically, who are responsible for whole, this whole dispute are um, General Abdel Fattah al-Burhan, who is the head of the armed forces and the effect of the country's president, and his deputy leader of the RSF, who is General Mohammed Hamdan uh, Daglu. I think he is also known as Hamditi. So the shooting began on the 15th of April following days of tension um, as the members of the RSF were, were like redeployed around the country and uh, in a move that the army saw as a threat. So um, there has been like some hope that the talks would resolve the situations between these two parties, but obviously it never happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it is disputed who first who fired the first shot, but like, you know, the fighting swiftly escalated in different parts of the country with more than... You know, um, according to the World Health Organization, I think they said 400 civilians were dying. Um, Another article on Al Jazeera stated that there are currently 1,790 injuries that are rapidly increasing in the country. So things are really escalating very quickly there. You know, the heart of all of the the heart of this whole situation is that uh, Sudan is a rich country and it has rich raw materials like agriculture, minerals, gold. And but like, you know, due to the corruption, um, all of these like rich resources and materials have been stolen, whether it's locally or internationally. And uh, we cannot deny that Sudan has many political groups within who have different political interests for it. Like, for example, um, there are interna- a lot of international interference uh, when it comes to their politics, for example, like from countries like the USA, Russia, Israel and even the UAE, who are making it a bit more complex for the two parties to come to a settlement um, or an agreement to kind of calm the situation down. Um, I know that there are a lot of countries right now like the UK, US and China and even some part of the Middle East who are um, trying to get in touch with maybe their uh, their locals or like their national people who are living in Sudan um, to kind of help them flee Sudan with different res- rescue missions, rescue teams and all that. But like this fighting is the latest episode of like the tension that actually followed the 2019 uh, like outside of the like long-serving president who was Amar uh, al-Bashir who came into power and in the coup of like uh, during like 1989 in Sudanese politics i remember like during that time there was like huge street protests calling for the end of his uh, ruling because he i think he was ruling for almost 3 decades in sudan so mm-hmm. it's not it's not a short amount of time <laughs> And they, the army mounted a coup to get rid of him. But obviously the civilians continued to campaign for the introduction of a democracy. And I think we remember like there were, there was a lot of news like back then and so many articles about the issues in Sudan um, when all of this came about. But so far this is like, obviously this is still an ongoing war. There's still a still lot to resolve. But I think when it comes to countries like Sudan, Yemen... You know, even Syria, countries with rich uh, raw materials, people um, often neglect how powerless the people are 
and it becomes very easy for them to steal these materials. Like you can see, it's it's a land of corruption and it's very unfortunate for the people because they're the ones who are suffering all of this loss and it's just they are they are fed into the government's game of uh, who wins, you know. Yeah. It's quite it's quite the common narrative, I think, of countries that have ongoing conflict between them. Countries that are maybe a lot richer, such as the USA, the UK, Russia, will happily come in and try to resolve a conflict also while stealing <laughs> from the country. And when they when troops come back home and stuff, they're made out to be Heroes. Heroes, yeah. when in reality, it should be the government out there. Mm-hmm. If you're starting a war, going into another country's problems, I know nobody wants conflict, then you should be the one out there. Of course, yeah. Um, I you, just, I think it's so common, countries such as Palestine, Syria, yeah. um, and now Sudan. It's such a common narrative, and to be honest, it needs to stop. Of course, and especially, it's it's always countries like, you know although it may be controversial, of course, but like UK, USA, Israel, you know, these are all countries who are basically, you know, getting involved in countries that they don't really have the right to. They just want to cause chaos unnecessarily. I know. Could you imagine if, um, I don't know, a a country got involved in the UK's politics? politics. Like, nobody's tried to stop the corruption that goes on here. Fair enough. It's not as bad. Yeah. Like, it's not even close to being as bad as what's going on in Sudan. But nobody stepped in, and I don't think that would ever be allowed. Um, obviously, with any conflict going on in the country, and this is progressively getting worse and worse with the amount of deaths, mm-hmm. this has affected um, Scottish and UK citizens. Scotland's External Affairs Secretary, Angus Robertson, has written to the Foreign Secretary of the UK to express the Scottish government's deep concerns over this conflict. He's urged the UK government to do everything possible to offer protection to those fleeing the conflict. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has said many more flights carrying British nationals will leave Sudan today and possibly end up in other countries Mm -hmm. that are safe, like Cyprus, for example. I think that um, I saw as well there are lots of refugees, um, not basically refugees, but there's all rescue teams that are helping Sudanese people Mm -hmm. going to people. Like I know Saudi Arabia has uh, welcomed a lot of different Sudanese people. I think different countries in the Middle East as well are trying to kind of help the situation and kind of help Sudanese people flee the area first Mm -hmm. um, just until things are resolved in the country and when things have calmed down a bit of course it's great to see how the other countries are coming together yeah well and and some (laughs) some of the countries are some of the countries and um another thing we wanted to bring up today was the bill to scrap the not proven verdict Uh, in scotland now this verdict is only in scotland and if you're not aware when you're accused of a crime and go to court a jury can find you one of three things guilty not guilty or not proven Not proven has been very controversial in this country because if you receive a verdict of not proven, you receive no consequences. It's the same as being found not guilty. I think you can be tried again, but it's very controversial. Mm -hmm. In this bill also, it will see the number of jurors um, decrease from 15 to 12, which I don't know what benefits or not benefits that will have. We'll have to wait and see. And... It will also see rape and attempted rape cases tried without a jury and just a single judge will review the case, which I think could have a lot of benefits towards rape and attempted rape mm-hmm. survivors. 
But again, we'll just have to see. Yeah. I know that this is like a big issue that is currently in Scotland. It's a very popular topic, but obviously because, um, you know, many cases aren't like seen to the end, Mm -hmm. you know, or people like I think a lot of cases aren't really proven or not a lot of light is shown um, on cases like this. People kind of don't speak up much about it. Mm -hmm. And it's like become a very big popular issue here in Scotland. I think also rape is one of the hardest crimes to prove. Attempted rape also. And um, it's very easy to come away with that situation and say that it's not been proven. Mm -hmm. So it it eliminates that barrier, whether you have to decide, a juror has to decide whether that person is guilty or not guilty and not just fall back on the not proven verdict Mm -hmm. because that's going to be gone. And I think it will, I'm hoping that it will mean that rape survivors and attempted rape survivors will be able to come such a long way in seeking justice that yeah, they're just course. not getting just now. Of course, because at the end of the day, this is an issue that has uh, not just a physical toll, but also a psychological toll on mm-hmm. you. And it's uh, it's not something easy to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because, like you said, maybe a lot of survivors, or not survivors, but a lot of victims don't really get the justice that they look for. They can easily get discouraged from speaking up or like seeking help mm-hmm. when it comes to these cases because again the not proven uh verdict is always a popular uh yeah it's totally there and i think yeah. also with the mental health crisis in this country uh, yeah <laughs> seeking help in any form like that it's just not possible at the moment it it can take years and rape survivors don't have years and i think this may be will help in the slightest. It can never yeah. take it away, but I think this takes away a bit of that fear, a bit of that anxiety about coming forward. Mm-hmm. But this bill has all come about because Scotland um, has not been doing great in yeah. convicting rapists and attempted rapists. So last year there was 2,176 reported rapes. And out of the 152 prosecutions for them rapes, just 788 ended in convictions. And we all already know that that is... It's a crazy... I think that's yeah. a disgusting number. Yeah. Out of all these women and men and everyone that has experienced this mm-hmm. has reported they've had the courage to do so and only 78% of them people got the justice that yeah, they Yeah, when deserved. you see the figures, it really just kind of gives you a visual... Uh, it, may, it makes us understand why this is so necessary. This has to happen. Mm-hmm. But we'll see how it goes. It it might go well, it might not. But yeah. <laughs> Too early to tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, thank you for listening today. I, we hope you've you enjoyed. enjoyed. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you.